Praise God. Thank you for sharing that, Pastor. And uh, the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to orchestrate a service. Sometimes we try to put our hand on something and move it this way and that way. But I know you've learned here at Faith to just let God be God. Let him have his way. It's no accident that Miss Mandy is here with the ladies this weekend. That's all ordained of God. And it's no accident that I'm here today with the opportunity to share God's word with you. I truly believe with all of my heart that I have a message that's in me that I want to share that I believe God wants you to hear and to apply to your life. And I think you'll see where we're going with that in just a moment. Would you stand up with me as we look into God's word in the Old Testament? Uh, if you look at the back of your bulletin, you'll see a, a tiny little outline. It's got some blanks, some places for you to fill in a word if you like to do that. Uh, I have to confess, that's not always my style, but, uh, you know, when in Rome, do as the Romans. So they asked if I could provide something, and so there it is. And I hope you don't miss it. If I skip over the whole thing, uh, at least I'll say I've warned you. It's good to be here uh, to see some old friends and to renew some acquaintances from uh, that stretch that God allowed us to to pastor here at Faith, and truly those were some of the sweetest, most precious years of our lives, and I mean that. I came to Georgia in 2009 with the intent of being buried in the red Georgia clay, and God had other plans, uh, and part of those plans were to bring Donald Yancey to the pulpit here at Faith. And I don't have time to tell you how all of that was orchestrated by the Holy Spirit, but I knew somewhere around 2012, I guess it was, that I was not the future of this ministry, but I knew someone was here who was who needed to be the senior pastor, who, who loved this ministry with all of his heart, soul, mind, and strength. And all I had to do was step out of the way and let you guys seek God's face until he revealed to you who that individual was. I'm so glad God worked as he has you have a pastor who loves you. You have a pastor who is giving you the word of God. Uh, those two things right there. 90% uh, of the churches in America would love to have a pastor like that. Who loves them and gives them the book. Gives them the word. Week after week. Month after month. Just faithful to preach the word of God. And so uh, don't miss the opportunities God gives you to be thankful 
for what you have. Uh, and I mean that, but just, just be thankful for, for what you have. Uh, we went out and played a little golf yesterday and he put the whooping on me. And that's the God honest truth. Uh, I knew after the first hole, I was in deep trouble uh, and probably shouldn't have been out there. But now we played about nine holes and I have not played in about a year. He had not played for a while because he had injured his arm in some way. And so after about nine, we decided to cash it in and go on to the house. But the truth is, I can barely walk now. So my wife said, honey, please don't go out there. Uh, you're going to hurt your back and then you're going to complain and you and then you're going to and you're going to whine and you're going to belly ache and I'm going to say I told you so I told you so she told me and I know but uh turn in your bibles to second kings chapter 3 second kings chapter 3 uh Philip back here on the soundboard I I have pastored for about 45 years of my life. I got started when I was just a kid. Uh, all through the years, I never had a really decent sound man. I mean, I had some, but some of them couldn't mix or some of them were deaf. And some, of, I mean, seriously, it's the truth. And, and so I, I get here and I finally get a good sound man. And Philip was such a blessing appreciate him so very much. Uh, he is, he is, let me tell you, uh, he, I know he's weird. I know he, I know he's crazy. Took this back up. I see, you see, and I know he, he talks fast and this kind of stuff, but listen, uh, he loves this ministry and is here because God placed him here. And see, that's the thing about serving God. You just find your slot, find your place, and then just give it 100%. You'll be amazed at what God will do with you. Second Kings chapter 3, I want to share this message <clears throat> so we can beat the Methodist over to the steakhouse. And so I, I want to get on with this. Second, <laughs> I just, that was a joke. Second Kings... <laughs> 2 Kings chapter 3. I'm going to jump into the text about verse 16. And he said, this is the man of God now, Elijah. And he said, verse 16, Thus saith the Lord, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, Yet that valley shall be filled with water that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. This, verse 18, is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. Father, bless the preaching of your word now. How you have prepared us this morning to speak to our hearts. May we concentrate, may we focus on what it is you want to say to each of us here in this sacred place today. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. God's people said amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. 
Thank you so much for being here. It's my joy to bring the message. Second Kings chapter 3 is an incredible chapter. It's a unique place in God's word. Uh, and I would encourage you to read the entire chapter when you get occasion. Maybe the day after lunch or tonight before you come back to church, you, you would read this chapter. Uh, and, and I'm just skimming because for the sake of time. But verse 8, God's people were going through the wilderness. Uh, it's desert, okay? Verse 9 tells us at the end of the verse, there was no water. No water for the host, that's all the people, for the cattle, no water. So they were in a jam. They were in a desperate place. And they get these instructions from the man of God. And it really doesn't seem to make much sense. Dig some ditches and I'll fill them with water. I meet your need. Now, you say, that doesn't make a bit of sense. They're in a desert. They're in a wilderness. <laughs> Dig some ditches. I mean, seriously. What? What kind of instruction is that? Let me tell you something, folks. Learn this principle. Sometimes God leads you in a direction that makes no sense to you. At the time. But then there comes a time when you see, aha, aha, that's what God was up to. Oh, okay, I see it now. Yeah. You know, think about it. Back when Jericho, uh, through, through Joshua, God said, look, I, I want you to tell the people just to walk around the city, right? Imagine giving out those instructions. Huh? What? Say what? What about our spears? You know, what about our rocks? I mean, how are we going to take this fortified city? Joshua says, we're going to walk. You see, sometimes the instruction doesn't make much sense. And that's when it requires faith. Everybody say the word faith. 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 It's ironic that God would give me this message to speak today to a church that's named Faith Baptist Church. Faith Baptist Church. Now, you might be sitting here and saying, a preacher, come on. Our church is named Faith Baptist. We've heard all kind of preaching on faith. I've learned all I know to learn about faith. I've read the Bible. I know that we're going to have faith. I get all that. And you may be thinking, what? About faith could I possibly learn that I don't already know? Well, maybe God will show you through this simple message. How deep is your ditch? How deep is your ditch? Now, I want you to notice something. The sequence. I want you to notice the sequence here. Because it was after they dug some ditches that then God filled them with water. This is important. It was after 
they dug some ditches. And then God filled them with water. You see, I think sometimes we, we get the sequence wrong. We, we, want, we want God to move. We want God to do his thing. We want God to show up when we have church and all that, right? And I think sometimes God is saying, look, I'm waiting on you. See, let me get honest. Let me get real. Sometimes, sometimes, and we're all guilty. We go to church and we get there and we go, all right, God, I'm here now. I hope you see that I'm here for the second Sunday in a row. Now you move. I'm here. You move. And God said, I, I don't see no praise. I'm going to help somebody this morning. God said, I don't see no praise. Here's the praise band. What do we, why do we call them the praise band, you reckon? <laughs> to lead us in praise and worship. We're wanting God to, to fill the ditch. To show up, to save, to heal, to mend, to birth. And we haven't even dug a ditch. After they dug some ditches, then God filled them with some water. There's something else I see in this text. The size of your faith determines the depth of your ditch. The size of your faith determines the depth of your ditch. Because if you just got a little faith, you know, you, you live your life or you come to church, go, come and go. And, and you know, because your faith is little, you really don't expect much from God. Because you know that you haven't, you haven't put much faith into whatever it is. And so God, you're thinking, he's not going to do much in that. I mean, you know, I know we do a passion play here at Easter, but, you know, a hundred souls. I mean, that'd be a lot of people to get saved. Uh, would I dare ask God for 200? 200 souls? To get saved a night, maybe three, maybe five. The size of your faith determines the depth of your ditch. And here's another thing. The depth of your ditch determines the size of your miracle. The depth of your ditch determines the size of your miracle. The amount of water they got was in proportion to the depth of their ditch. Did you see the text? God said, I'm not going to send rain. Not this time. No, it's not going to be no big storm. God says, I'm just going to wait till I see some trenches. And however deep the trench might be, 
You see, we, uh, I, I'm going to borrow something here. Uh, sometimes we, uh, this is what we do. This is what we do. We got a lot of surface Christians that come to church and they just, they scoop a, they scoop a little surface dirt. Oh, son, I'm going to help somebody this morning. We say, we want revival. Oh, we need revival. Revive us again. All that. You'll fill each heart with high love. And then the truth is, we're not willing to but scoop up just a little bit of surface dirt. Now, we don't want the Holy Ghost to go down in there deep into some of that sin I should have repented of years ago. But that would require that I dig deep. Deeper. Let me ask this. Let me ask this. What do you need from God today? What do you need from God this morning? I mean, would it be the salvation of a family member? What would it be the would it be would it be the salvation of a friend you've prayed for, but maybe not recently? What would, would, would it be uh, would it be a healing? I mean, my soul. Testimony like this, that's a God thing. That's a God thing right there. I thank God for doctors. I thank God for nurses. I thank God for those in the, in the health field. I thank God for every one of them. Look, I've been in the hospital. I was a terrible patient. They come in and draw blood. I'm like, again? You don't got a bucket of my blood out there. What are you doing? I wasn't a very good patient. Listen, is, is it a healing? Look, look at me. It, it, is it... Revival? Seriously? How deep are you willing to dig? Because the depth of your ditch is going to determine the size of your miracle. Oh God! I need a big miracle! How deep are you willing to dig? How much faith are you willing to release? You say, I don't have much faith. Well, good news for you. Jesus said we can move mountains with just a little bit of faith. You've heard this. It's in the Gospel of Matthew 17, Jesus said, if we had the faith, a grain of a mustard seed, friend, this is a tiny little thing. It's like a speck of sand at the seashore. Uh, you can move mountains. You can say to that mountain, be removed and it'll move. So for those of you that I just have a little faith, you, you underestimate how much God can do in your life with just a little faith. But I wonder if we had 40, 50, 
hundred this morning. That dug a little deeper. And you released your faith in a way you never have before. And you say, God, I, 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 I need, and you put, fill in the blank. I need, and, and, and I won't let you go about this. Until, and I won't stop digging. I'm not going to stop digging until, until I see her saved. Until you move across this county. Until, you see, the depth of your ditch determines the size of your miracle. It's our lack of preparation and our lack of expectation that restrains the mighty hand of God. I've seen this because I've preached in hundreds of churches through the years. I really truly have. And I've seen folk who have, who have prepared zero, zilled not, n nothing. I'll say uh, the first night of the revival meeting. How many of you have spent any time in prayer today? <clears throat> what? What? Nobody going to pray today for the revival? When was the last time you called the name of? Huh? Our, our lack of preparation. Our lack of expectation. Well, I love when I read the scriptures. And, and, and when somebody needed that miracle. And Jesus said, do you, do you believe that I'm able to do this for you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If Jesus was standing right in front of you today and he said, I, I'm able, I'm able. Do you believe I'm able to do fill in the blank? How deep is your ditch? So they get these instructions. This blows my mind because they're out in the wilderness, folks. They're out. I've actually been to the land of Israel. And that you can look left and right and front and by, behind you. And it just seemed like it's the wilderness everywhere you look. And, and, and so they're, they're in a, a desert, dry. There's no water anywhere. You look. But their cattle are about to die. And they're just about hearts to thirst themselves. They got little children. They got animals that have, you know, they need water. They need water. I don't know if any of y'all have really, really, really ever been thirsty. But I'm telling you, if you ever, if you ever get to that point and, and you're, you're, throat won't work and, and your tongue is parched and you, you get to the point where you, you are desperate. That's one reason why I don't think we see real true revival much anymore. We're not desperate enough. We don't get on our face like we used to. Have them old fashioned cottage prayer meetings and all that. So it's our lack of faith and our lack of obedience that leaves us without the miracle. So here's the man of God. And the man of God, Elisha says, look, 
Here's what thus saith the Lord. And I like any time I see that in the Bible. I like that. I like it when I see God say, look, look, thus saith the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. Get your shovels out and go to digging. And you got to know, I mean, if, if, if only a third of them are Baptists, they got to be whining and complaining. And here's what they're saying. This ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. I only say that because I've pastored Baptist people for a long, long time. And we tend to be a little negative. And so God says through the prophet, dig some ditches. All I'm asking you to do is just dig some trenches. And when you dig those trenches, I'm going to fill them up with water. Woo! Now, I would think that on, on the backside of that, they'd be thinking, water? Yeah, I'm in. I'm all in. I guarantee you there were some that had a shovel or something to stir the dirt, but they were in their mind, they were going, this ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. This ain't going to work. A man of God, he must be out of his mind. What is in the world? This ain't going to work. It's our lack of faith and our lack of obedience that leaves us without our miracle. Our lack of faith and our lack of obedience. I wish they had time to take you through the scriptures. But imagine the blind man that Jesus rubbed the clay on his eyes, the spittle and all that. You remember, and, and then what did he say? What, did he, what instruction did he give him? I mean, it was some really hard thing, right? Go wash in the pool of Siloam. See, most of the stuff God instructs us to do, it's not that hard. God says, look, all I'm asking you to do is just release a little faith. Release a little faith. Dig a ditch. And for those of you that are willing to let it go, dig a deep ditch. And I'll fill it. Now, I like the I'll feel it part. I like when God says, I'll bless you. I like it when God says, I'll do a miracle for you. I love it when the scripture says, I'll bless you. See, we all want the blessing, right? Let's confess. We all want the blessing. Oh, God, bless my family. Oh, God, bless our church. Oh, God, bless our choir. Oh, God, bless our class. Oh, God, bless our ministry. Oh, God, bless. We like, we like to pray. Oh, God, bless, bless, bless. God said, well, I want you to put a shovel in your hand. And I want you to dig a ditch. And I want you to release some faith. And for those who were obedient, and for those not only who were obedient, but those who released their faith, the miracle occurred. Water! Water! Can you imagine after God filled the trenches with water, what they must have been saying? Well... 
I can't believe it was that easy. God just said, dig a ditch. Can you believe this? We got all the water here. We can drink for who knows how long. All God said was just dig a ditch. I can't believe it. All God did was, he just said, release some faith. <laughs> that wasn't so hard. Back when I was the pastor in here, all this land behind in church didn't belong to faith. I remember some people around us, some of the neighbors, they, they let it be known that that land would never belong to Faith Baptist Church. I mean, that would, it was ridiculous to even think such a thing. That land will never belong to Faith Baptist Church. And I remember some of the men, we had our men's prayer meetings on Monday night. We'd go down there and we'd eat and fellowship a little bit and have a good time and and then I, one night I remember I said, guys, let's just line up down here across the woods. I, let's just, you guys, you start going that way. You got going that way. And we're just going to cry out to God. We're just going to cry out to God. And we're just going to claim this little piece of land back here. hundred acres, 200 or whatever it is. We're just going to pray it in. We're going to release a little faith. Regardless of what the neighbors said, regardless of what obstacles we may, we're just going to pray it in. Guess who that land belongs to this morning? That was a small thing. Did you see the last verse we read? God said, that, that's a slight thing, just a little thing. The God who has parted the Red Sea, for crying out loud, drowned an Egyptian army. Come on, folks. This is but a light thing. I love the guy that was in uh, theology class in some liberal seminary, and the guy was, the professor was teaching all this, and you know, and, and there was a fellow in the back that kept, he said, amen. We saw about God parting the Red Sea, and, he was back there just shouting, amen, and having a good time. And finally, one of his fellow students stood up and he turned around and looked at him. And he said, you fool. He said, anybody today with any sense knows that, knows that there's, there's no way that thing, that miracle happened like the, the, the Bible says. There's no way that could have occurred you are a fool for believing such a miracle could have occurred. I mean, the, the, the most scholars have come to the conclusion there was only about two feet of water. And all, that, all the uh, uh, Israelites had to do was just basically walk over in some mud. And then a little time passed, and the old boy was back there going, praise God, amen, praise God, amen. And, and the, uh, looked around at him and said, what is it now? It's been explained to you. He said, praise God, praise God. I serve a God who drowned a whole Egyptian army in a little bit of mud. <laughs> See, God can do it. It's just a slight thing to God. I'm going to ask this question again, and I mean it. What is it that you need from God today? 
You see, the truth is we're needy people. We all have needs. What's your need? Why not start digging today? And by the way, while you're digging, why not dig, why not dig deep? Why not ask for something big? Why not ask for something big? Some years ago, we built a 2,000-seat auditorium out in the middle of a backer field, cornfield, whatever. And people would drive by there and say, these people are nuts. This pastor must be out of his mind. Where does he think 2,000 people are going to come from? I remember this happened over and over and over. We had some people that had some big faith. And they dug a deep ditch. And after they dug a deep ditch, God filled it. He filled it up. What do you need from God today? Restoration of a marriage? If it's coming apart at the seams, you know the devil's doing a work. Why not release your faith? Dig a ditch on behalf of that couple. Say, oh God, repair what's been broken. Restore the relationship. I know it looks impossible. I know they say they're headed for the divorce court. But God, I believe you're a big God. Dig a deep ditch. Some of you young people, what are you going to do with your life? What are you going to do with your life? Well, I plan to do much of nothing. Play a few video games. Really? I wonder if any of you have enough faith to dig a deep ditch. Right here at the altar, Faith Baptist Church. If I'm not mistaken, I was teaching on a Wednesday night up here. I hadn't been here long. And I was teaching about faith and some other things. And I, I made this statement. I said, what would you attempt to do for God if you knew you could not fail and that God would help you? What would you attempt if I'm not mistaken? There were a few boys that knelt right over here, and one of them was Donald Yancey. And God had been doing a work in his heart and continued to do that work. And I go back here, and he's telling me about how he feels like God's calling you to preach. And in my soul, I'm going, yes. That's what umpires do when they call you out. Yes. Yeah, you out. In my heart, I was going, thank you, Jesus. And that's not the first one that's been raised up out of this ministry. Not the first. By a long shot. We want our children to be successful. Oh, I want my child to make a lot of money. I want my child to what? Really? Is that why you raised them? What about if you raised them to bring glory to God? 
whatever that means, whatever that means. I raised my son to bring glory to God, whatever that means. I raised my daughter to bring glory to God, whatever that means. If God calls him into this, if God calls him into that, I just want his life to bring glory to God. That's why you raise children. What do you need? Who's going to play? Who's going to play? Somebody going to play a guitar or instrument or a keyboard or whatever. For, I don't know how you've been doing your invitation, but y'all can come on. Y'all can come on, the, the instrument people. See, I, I, I always, always just say that because if the preacher says that, then people have hope that the, that the sermon's just about over. Now, they may sit there for 30 minutes. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm, I'm done. What is it that you need? They needed water. They needed water. They needed it bad. And God just, a little simple instruction. Dig some ditches. Let me see your faith. Show me your faith. I'll, I'll fill it. I'll fill the trench. What do you need? I don't know. What, what's the largest need this church has? I don't know. What's the number one thing you'd put at the top of the list that this church has need of? I don't know. Put it, put, put it on the altar this morning. What's, what's the number one thing in, in your family that you need? Uh, put it on the altar right here. Dig, 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 dig. Dig. Well, uh, ten years from now, you can say, I knelt at an altar at Faith Baptist Church. And by faith, I dug. And I dug deep. And God filled. Woohoo! God filled. Listen, listen. This is a true story. My oldest daughter, not Mandy, our oldest one, Marsha, her and her husband were trying to have a child. We lived over here in Hogansville, and, and she called me one day. She said, Daddy, she's crying. She said, Daddy, she said, we want baby. And she said, we want to trust God. We believe God. And, and she said, we don't, you know, all this extra fertilization and all this. She said, is that is that what we should do? I feel like you know, that's not really, I feel like that's manipulating things our way. She said, and she said, what do I do? What should I do? Yeah. I knew what to do. Yeah. I told some men of faith that knelt around the rock altar and prayed for stuff just like that. So some of them knelt down to the rock altar. Woo! My, my daughter, she, it wasn't long before she called me. She said, Daddy, we're pregnant. The doctor said we're going to have a baby. I'm like, well, yeah, I, I knew it. So look, look, there have been a lot of prayers prayed down to rock altar. Some of you know about them. I know about some of them. Here's the thing. Every one of us are needy people. I don't know what you need. I don't know what's in your heart. I don't know what's in your mind right now when I ask that question, what is it you need from God? If God said, just dig a ditch, just show me a little faith. Just show me a little faith. 
Is that too much for God to ask? Just show me a little faith. I'll, you dig the ditch. I'll fill it. I'll fill it. I'm going to ask everybody in the house to stand. And as you stand, if you, if you can stand, while they play real soft, then they're going to sing a song. I'm going to ask them to sing just maybe a verse or so. It's not going to be long. I, I preach and I give invitation and I wait. And if God moves, he moves. If God does, if, God, if we're not here to do business with God, I'll happily move on with my day. But if God spoke to your heart, come on from the balcony. It won't take you, but I think it's two minutes to go from where you are to down here. It's just the coming. It's part of the digging. It's just you stepping out. It's part of the digging. It's part of grabbing the shovel. If you're in the middle of a, of an, of, of a pew, just nudge the person beside you. They'll let you out. They'll let you out. And you can come and say, God, here's my need. Here's my need. And here's, here's my ditch. I'm digging it right here, right now. And I'm digging it deep. I'm digging it deep. I'm releasing my faith. I'm releasing my faith. And I'm saying, oh God, here is my ditch. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it. Fill it up. Fill it up. Meet our need. Fill it up. God's going to do it. I believe it with all my heart. God's going to do it. God's going to do it. There are going to be testimonies, reports of people saying on a Sunday morning in August, I knelt in, in faith with my little shovel. And I started doing a little digging. And I dug, and I dug deep. And I believe God, that day, that day, began to fill that ditch. Begin to fill that ditch. Begin to fill that ditch. Pastor, I'd love for you to come, if you would, with our closing prayer. Uh, you might be in this building and you say, Preacher, I've never been saved. Well, how do we get saved? We get saved by grace, that's God, through faith. Through what? Through faith. That's it. That's it. You take a step of faith. I was on the back row of a church, something like this, some years ago. I heard a preacher. I took a step. I just believed God. That's all I did. I just trusted Him. He met my need, saved my soul. me to preach the gospel. You come today as the Lord leads. Pastor, you come close the service as you see fit this morning.